0: Another bonus episode of Sleep Whispers, an extra treat for my Silk Plus members. This is bonus episode number 94 and it is part 4 of my annual <laughs> Camping in My Backyard series. Every summer I share how I try and at least partially fail to create the perfect backyard camping situation so right now I am sitting in my backyard camping situation you might be able to hear some birds might hear some cars go by in my neighborhood Um, if you hear a like a hum sound then that's probably the outside air conditioner unit that's either on the side of my house or my neighbor's house is right next to mine so you might hear that you might also hear some wind as it kind of blows through this large tent thing that I'm in. So I'm sitting in my biggest, best, backyard camping upgrade ever. It still needs some improvements. But before I tell you about this, new camping situation I've set up this summer, let me begin by refreshing you about how I got to this point. And so, I can hear it creaking. So the wind is blowing. And so you might hear this creaking sound. And then there's, there's also a, um, like a fabric on the outside that is blowing in the wind, so you may hear that also. But anyway, let me tell you how I got to this point by telling you, kind of summarizing all my prior attempts at camping in my backyard. and I, I or re-listen to all those prior bonus episodes. But here is a summary of each one to help explain how I got to this point in bonus episode number 63. That was part one the first episode I did about backyard camping because what I had done was I bought a hammock and I strung it between two trees and it it had a mosquito netting over the top of it and I, I slept in that overnight for several nights and that was my first attempt at backyard camping. The biggest downside of that was (laughs) I felt like chopped beef squeezed inside a burrito. It was just the way the hammock was. It was the kind that just wrap all around you. So from there I upgraded to a ground tent. So this was a very, a very typical two-person small tent and I just put it on the grass in my backyard. <laughs> the problem with this one was it had been sitting in my garage for several years and parts of it had degraded. There were holes in the screen, holes in the other parts of the tent and so bugs got in it late so my next step in my evolution was I bought a brand new two-person ground tent and I solved all the bug and the rain problems mostly it did leak a little bit problem that I had with the ground tent was that sleeping on the ground suddenly started hurting my back. And I got a backache for several days. And I didn't want to sleep sleeping on the ground if that was the reason. And then the other that I discovered when I packed up the tent was those ground tents were killing my grass. (laughs) So there was this huge footprint where the tent had been sitting and my grass was all dead there. So I now had to come up with a new way to do backyard camping killing the grass and that's where part 2 picks up in bonus episode number 68. In that one I explained how I bought a elevated tent or it might also be called a cot tent. It's a very small sits on top of a cot so if you picture like some military barracks (laughs) like a a, that type of just fold-up cot so what was really good about that is because the cot sat on my grass and it had legs on under it it didn't kill my grass The problem with the elevated tent is it was really small and it got really hot inside and it did get wet inside when it rained so (laughs) I was fixing one problem and then getting some new problems and that's the summary of up with another backyard camping idea and that's where part three picks up which is in bonus episode number 77 (laughs) all right so I wanted something larger a larger tent and I didn't want to kill my grass so what I did in part three was I bought a large, it was either a four or six person tent, and I put it on my deck in my backyard, so I didn't have to worry about it killing the grass. Now, one of the big reasons that I wanted a larger tent is that my wife, saw me doing all this backyard camping with my hammock and my little tent. And then my little mini cot tent. And she wanted to join me. So that's why I got the four-person tent. So now I could fit two, like, almost beds inside it. So her and I could camp overnight together in this larger tent. And the other thing that we really like to do together is to watch TV at night inside the tent. It's a nice backyard nighttime experience. And because it's inside a tent, then we didn't have many problems with bugs and mosquitoes. So overall it really worked in every way that I wanted it to. But picture this situation. You walk out into my out my back door onto my back deck. And when you look on the deck, you see like <laughs> this huge tent taking up all this space on the deck. And it it just didn't serve any additional purpose besides being just a tent on my deck. Meaning, what we also wanted to do was to have a place outside that we could have dinner could eat dinner inside this tent, but it didn't feel like a nice outdoor dining experience where we're at a nice patio table with normal chairs. We could just sit inside the tent and eat cans of beans and (laughs) feel like we're actually But that's when I got the idea for what I'm sitting in today. Because my goal was to have something in my backyard that I could sleep in at night, and my wife could join me, and we could watch TV at night. And if we wanted to, we could have a nice, fine outside dinner at a Table with normal chairs. So, welcome to part four. Now, my first idea was to buy one of those pop up tents. Can you visualize those? They are usually ten feet by ten feet. They have canvas kind of roof on them and they fold up pretty easily or fold they you can fold them they also go by the name of pop-up tents and you can get them with mosquito netting so oh and the other important thing is (laughs) Ten foot by ten foot pop up tent for a hundred dollars. It it's somewhat rare, but I've seen them on sale for as low as a hundred dollars. So these pop up tents, they're commonly used for uh, backyard parties. When you go to like a farmer's market or a flea market, people usually use these pop-up tents to sell their fruits, vegetables, or whatever they're selling. Uh, If you go to an expo, they have these 10 foot by 10 foot pop-up tents inside the expo for where people are selling stuff. So I think you can visualize exactly what I'm talking about. So this was my initial vision. I was going to buy one of those, make sure make sure that it was the type that had the mosquito netting included, and use that as my new attempt at... Did you hear those thumps? I don't know what that was. I think that was my neighbor. (laughs) I was going to use this 10 by 10 pop-up tent. 10 by 10 pop-up tent, yeah. uh, As my backyard camping situation, but I was going to put it on my deck. And what I started doing then was reading Posting on Amazon, and most of the reviews that were positive would say something like, I've put it up uh, five days ago, and it's beautiful, it's working really well. I really love it. We eat outside at night, blah blah blah. But then when you get to the one star, two star reviews, what they were saying, they would say something like, we've had our pop-up tent up for a couple weeks. Did you just hear the air conditioner turn on? And now I think here comes a plane. Hold on, I'll, I'll pause this and restart it. Alright, hopefully the plane's gone. In the one or two star reviews, they'd say, We've had our tent, our pop up tent, up for a couple weeks, and it was great, until we had a storm. And they would show these pictures of these pop up tents that were just destroyed by a real big, you know, thunderstorm, meaning the wind would just wreck these things and that really makes sense like it's not the fault of these pop-up tents because they and this is this is what I summarized or concluded or understood is that a pop-up tent is not meant to be used long term you're not supposed to put it up in your backyard and leave it there for several weeks. They're meant to be used for a party in your backyard or at the farmer's market or at the flea market or inside an expo, meaning just temporary. You put it up, you take it down, and if that's how you use it, then it's, it works great. So I was worried that I was going to put up one of these pop tents to try to save money on my deck and after a few weeks a big storm would come and just wreck the thing. So I did not buy one and instead I went with a hard top tent. Except once the once these ten by ten structures have a hard top on them, they tend not to call them a tent anymore, but they use the fun word of gazebo. <laughs> they they look exactly the same. A ten by ten pop up tent and a ten by ten gazebo look exactly the same, except. The gazebo has a hard top roof and then the bulls tend to be a lot sturdier and the whole thing is just a lot sturdier. These structures. you buy, the cheaper ones probably are, are not necessarily meant to uh, withstand the winter because the problem in the winter is that even though these can have a hard roof, a hard top, they're really not So what is the cost difference between a cheap uh, pop-up tent and a cheap gazebo? It's a big jump. A gazebo is going to be five times up to 20 times or more expensive than a fabric Top pop up tent. Uh, <laughs> I was not happy about that. I took a lot of time thinking about okay, you know, should I give this a try or not? So, what I did was I bought the cheapest hard top gazebo that I could find it's still a lot more expensive than a pop-up tent but I just I wasn't ready to pull the trigger on a really expensive hardtop gazebo so I bought the cheapest one when the boxes arrived it came in two huge boxes it took about two days to assemble it. The Most of the structure wasn't that hard. I did it by myself. Except the roof. The roof was a pain. It comes in, I can count them, the four, 16 panels. They're not fiberglass. They're some kind of really stiff plastic. But they didn't fit together easily. And I I really had to wrestle with them. The really cool thing that I didn't expect about this roof is it's it's (laughs) see-through. So it really lets in a lot of light. I wasn't really anticipating that, I was just, I just wanted a hard top. So this is a type of hard plastic that allows light through, which is, I think that was a nice extra bonus. All right, once I got it fully assembled, the next thing I did was I put on the mosquito netting. So this goes around all four sides, and it's got a zipper opening at each side, so you can walk in and out any of the four sides. And then there's another fabric that goes outside the mosquito netting. This fabric also has a zipper opening in the middle on each of the four sides the main purpose of the fabric is privacy. So if I'm sleeping in here at night, I may not necessarily want, I don't know, people peeking at me while I'm sleeping in here. Uh, So I tend to pull at least some of those shut in certain directions. So I feel like I have a little more privacy while I'm sleeping or for watching I know we're just self-conscious of sitting back here with a big glowing light in our face. The other thing I like about the fabric is it's not waterproof. But if it starts to rain really hard, then I just close all the fabric. So at least the rain doesn't blow into the middle of the gazebo. It works pretty well for that. Alright, how about the stability of this structure? And I know that was a concern that my wife had and that I had because I'd seen those pictures of those other pop-up tents that that blew off the person's back deck. And my wife just Knows that I generally tend to buy cheap things. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure that I made it nice and secure. So visualize when you walk out onto someone's deck and you know how there's a wooden handrail or railing or banister that goes on the edge of the deck. What I did was I took this, this four-post structure and I pushed it into the corner of the deck up against the railing. So this meant three of the poles were now pressed up against the wooden railing. And then I took heavy-duty zip ties. And I zip-tied each of the poles, or the three that were touching the railing, and I zip-tied those to the railing. So now it gave it a lot more stability. Like, it's not going to blow off my porch, unless, or my deck, unless my deck also blows away. And the other thing that I did is, at the base, at the bottom, Of the four posts that form this structure, there are holes in the bottom of those poles which are meant for you to, um, you can nail them down, you can put screws down. If it's in your backyard, you can put little small stakes through them to keep the poles secured at their bases. So I used um wood screws and i put wood screws to hold the the bottom part of the bowls right to my deck floor so we feel pretty good that this is secure (laughs) yeah wait until part five when i do this next summer and i tell you this thing blew away inside so just very simple you know like Christmas tree lights I just put them on the ceiling and that adds nice ambiance. and then I put some outdoor rugs on the floor that make up the floor so right on top of my deck like this This gazebo I bought doesn't have a built-in floor, it just sits right on my deck. So I put a bunch of rugs down, one because that feels better. I'd rather walk on these rugs than right on my deck. And the other reason is that just like most decks, you know how there's that space between the boards of your deck floor? Well. I didn't want mosquitoes coming up through those gaps so that was another benefit of putting down the rugs. I also moved um, a patio, a small patio table inside the gazebo and a couple chairs and we tested it like it was it was awesome for outside dining on our deck mosquito netting all around us. We didn't feel like we were in a tent. We felt like we were in just a a netted uh, gazebo, I guess. (laughs) Once it passed the outside dinner test, we then did the outside evening TV-watching test. Now, when I say TV-watching, I did not drag a huge TV into the gazebo. We just take a tablet and we put it in front of us and we just watch TV on the tablet. Now last year, we did this inside that, that actual tent. And inside the tent last year, I had those two sleeping cots, which were great for sleeping on. But one thing I didn't like about them is when we watched TV, they were kind of hard to sit up and watch TV. We had to stack all these pillows behind us. So one of my new goals for this year was to create a better seating situation for watching the movies on the tablet my goal was I wanted to find multi-purpose chaise lounge chairs (laughs) so I wanted a single type of chair that would allow me to sit up straight and sit at a table and eat a meal if I wanted to that would also recline for watching TV in the tent. I also wanted this chaise lounge chair to go perfectly flat for sleeping. It was kind of a big challenge. Initially, what I thought might work is those chaise lounge chairs are called zero gravity chairs. They're just like fold up chairs and they just call them zero gravity. Those types are very good for reclining and watching TV or sitting out in the sun. But when I those zero-gravity chairs do not allow you to sit upright and they do not go perfectly flat. So I, I didn't end up buying those. I started looking for a chaise lounge chair that does go flat. But what I noticed is I did find some that will go perfectly flat and you can kind of sit up and recline but they don't have support at the head and the feet when it's perfectly flat so that's kind of dangerous. What I kept looking for was a chaise lounge chair that when when they make it go flat that it really has three or four points of contact, um, meaning like something uh, like two points in the middle, and then another at the head, and then another at the foot. So it's really stable. And I did. I found a couple, so I bought them. And when they were flat, they worked really good for sleeping. Well okay for sleeping. They felt stable. So I slept overnight in the gazebo, and yes, they felt stable. But, you know, if you can visualize sleeping on a Shays lounge chair, they're pretty narrow. And the chair also has armrests. So you're kind of constrained as you sleep in this really narrow space for watching TV they were pretty good so they reclined and my wife and I sat side by side watching the tablet and it worked pretty well except the they have armrests and so it made it hard for us to (laughs) cuddle and sprawl on each other as we watch TV is how we watch TV. We don't sit there like zombies staring at a TV. We like to cuddle and lay over each other. So that was kind of a downside of those chairs. That meant I had to continue my hunt for what could work better. And I, I walked inside my bedroom and I realized In my bedroom, I had this small futon, which is on a metal frame. It's actually a really cheap futon. It's a two-seater futon. It's really light because it's a metal frame with just these cushions that pop on and pop off. It's the size of a mini loveseat well this was perfect and if so light needs to move i carried it out to the gazebo set it up in front of the ipad and now we had a mini love seat inside the gazebo which was so much better than the chaise lounge chairs now if you picture cedar love seat futon you probably think well but you can't sleep on that except this little mini futon that I have the arm sides fold down and it turns from a two-seater futon into a bed (laughs) and it was perfect for sleeping also It was much wider than the chaise Lounge. It has a thick cushion. There's no armrests. So, it's been perfect. You may be wondering how we set up the tablet. Well, because I make podcasts, I have a lot of uh, microphone equipment So I have a microphone stand. If you picture a singer on a stage or a comedian on a stage that has a mic stand, all I do is I put a mic stand like that in front of us and my tablet uh, has a case that has a handle. And so I just hang the tablet on the mic stand at eye height, and we just watch it that way. The first night in the gazebo when we watched the tablet, I noticed that the audio didn't sound that great because we were using the speakers that are built into the tablet. So then i so what I did was i got a bluetooth uh, speaker and i put that behind us and oh that was so much better <laughs> so if you watch a tablet outside just get yourself a, a large bluetooth speaker so that way it sounds a lot better we did have a here, whether it was watching TV or even when I slept overnight in here, I did notice that some mosquitoes or gnats or something were still getting inside the gazebo. And so if you ever buy one of these types of gazebos or anything like this, look at the top of the mosquito netting. This one that I bought there's a gap between the top of the netting and the outside. Basically, mosquitoes can still get in. This is not mosquito-proof. And I'm sure there are some gazebos that are much better made. Like I said, I bought the cheapest gazebo with a hard top, So I'm even lucky that this thing has... Any mosquito netting included with it, so I had to come up with a way to fix that. <laughs> uh, you probably have never seen one of these things. Just go to Amazon and type in patio umbrella mosquito netting, <laughs> and what you'll see is that. If you have a patio table, you know, with an an umbrella that sticks in the middle of it, you can buy this huge mosquito net that lays on top of the umbrella. And it creates this great outside mosquito net protection while you sit outside at your patio table. I had bought one of these about a year ago but I never used it so I remembered I had that (laughs) so I basically took this huge mosquito netting and I put it over the top of the gazebo and so it hangs down at the top along the sides and it almost perfectly covers up that gap up high. So now I feel like I went from 85% mosquito-proof gazebo to, I'll call this, 98% proof, uh, mosquito-proof. Yeah, a little upgrade. (laughs) Alright, so what is my biggest worry about my new gazebo? I'm happy with most everything about it the way it is right now, but my biggest worry is that in the winter it's going to snow hard and it's going to cave in this roof. <laughs> so I think it even says on wherever I bought this from that it is not meant to hold a lot of snow. I am going to dismantle this roof before winter because it was too hard to assemble so my challenge over the winter is going to be to come out here when it snows hard and brush off the snow before it accumulates on top you may hear me do my episode next summer in part 5 I may have some horrible news that the roof caved in. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. If it, if it does happen, then I just need to think about getting a stronger roof or I just end my backyard camping series. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll see. is my big update for Backyard.